Hi, and welcome to the Writing and Marketing Show brought to you by author Wendy H. Jones. This show does exactly what it says on the tin. It's jam-packed with interviews, advice, hints, tips and news to help you with the business of writing. It's all wrapped up in one lively podcast, so it's time to get on with the show. And welcome to episode 69 of the Writing and Marketers show with author, entrepreneur, Wendy H. Jones. Now, uh, this introduction is going to be quite short today because I've had a consultant uh, speak to me this morning from the uh, Ian Austin Throat Department. And I've been told that doing the podcast uh, without video is causing uh, problems with my voice uh, to be strained. So I have to try and limit it for at least three months. So I can still do the podcast, but the intros are going to get a little shorter. Uh, We're getting out and about here, which is always a good thing. And... uh, I'm still enjoying doing the podcast despite everything. So my, uh, before we go on to today's guest, we're going to be talking about writing in the midst of a chaos with Marissa Mortimer. I would like to say it's an absolute pleasure to bring you this show. I've uh, got issues with my throat and my voice, um, but I, I do it willingly because I enjoy doing it. However, it does take time out of my writing day. If you would like to support that time, you can do so by going to uh, patreon.com forward slash Wendy H. Jones and you can sponsor me for just $3 a month, which is the price of a tea or a coffee a month. Uh, It's not a lot, but I would be eternally grateful because it means you're enjoying the show and I can carry on doing it. So what of Marissa? Well, Marissa grew up in the Netherlands, but then she moved to England and soon after finishing her teaching teacher training here, she married um, Pastor Richard Mortimer. They live in a Cotswold village with four children. She's also a homeschool mum and enjoys time spent with her family, travelling, reading and turning life into stories. So with four children and homeschooling, she's the ideal person to talk about writing in the midst of chaos. So without further ado, let's get on with the show and hear from Marissa. And we have Marissa with us. Welcome, Marissa. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Hello. I'm really pleased to be here. Um, I, I love your podcast, so to be part of it is just amazing. Oh, I'm glad you like it. Now, you, I know you're in England, but with an accent like that, you're definitely not English. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's the Dutch trying to sort of quietly infiltrate England this time. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, I'm in the Cotswolds, but, um, yeah, hiding out with lots of other Dutch people. <laughs> Well, oh, listen, we like the Dutch in in Scotland and in Britain, obviously, because you're in England. But uh, but welcome to Scotland for the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Right. Are you sitting comfortably and are you ready I to am. be interrogated? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm in a nice, quiet, peaceful house. So already. <laughs> All right. OK, we'll find out why it's important to have a peaceful house in a minute, because we're going to be talking about writing in the midst of chaos today. So I need to start by asking why this is such an important topic for you, Marissa, or indeed uh, one on which you're an expert. <laughs> um, probably. Well, I've got four children. Um, I, I cheated a bit because I, I adopted them. So I, I missed the sleepless nights and lots of other um, awkward starts and things so um but it it does make for a, a very um busy full of life day um and 
I started writing a couple of years ago, um, just as a, it was a fun, it was a fake blog, really, based on The Sims, um, which I did with some other online friends. And I was like, you know, to sit down in the evening when it's quiet and all the kids are in bed, it's such a release to, you know, make up stories, write things to process ideas. I thought, this is, this is great fun. I'm going to do this a bit more. So, yeah, but there is a lot of chaos in the day, so you have to work around that. Yeah. I have to say, your four kids are great. And I, I always say to Marissa, I've only got four fans and they all live in her house. So. <laughs> <laughs> my kids love it. I mean, my, my new Bertie arrived the other day and um, as soon as the kids saw the envelope opened, they all pounced on it and they sat there um, laughing and looking at all the pictures. They They just love it. <laughs> oh, well, that's good because reading will give you a bit of time as well to, uh, you know, if they're reading, you can get time to do a bit of writing. So that's exactly. great. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's how you that's how you get your moments. <laughs> so with four kids and being a homeschooling mum, as I said in your introduction, what does a typical day look like for you? Um, well, we don't really have typical days. Um Every day is <laughs> chaos, really, Um, in a way, because um four or five days four days out of the, the working sort of like the school week they one of them will have a class or all of them or some of them um so I spend a lot of my time ferrying around um various amounts of little people and hanging around waiting for classes to finish or rushing back doing other things so that needs to be incorporated and obviously there are lessons that need to be done um which they, they do fairly independently, but obviously there's still a lot of work that needs to be done with them. Um, so most days we don't get up that early because they do stuff before breakfast. And I, I get to do stuff before breakfast, so it's fine with me. Um, and then usually after bre- breakfast, the sort of mayhem starts in a serious way. Um, <laughs> and then lunch can be normal lunch, or it can be a very rushed one because someone has to go to a lesson, or it's um, manic because I realized that I need to get packed lunch ready for four people and we need to get out of the house <laughs> like now um, <laughs> and of course that's when shoes go missing socks go missing that sort of thing so um, that's mayhem and then we come back and from 4 30 onwards they can watch telly which is my lifesaver because it means I get to cook in peace rather than have hungry kids hanging around the kitchen um, and they are fortunately all in bed by 7 30 um, more or less at the latest so um, it comes with being you know I mean they had a lot of early years trauma so they're exhausted by the time it's 7 30 so all of them including my 13 year olds are in bed and in the dark and horizontal and quiet by 7 30. Gosh that's pretty impressive really oh, most mothers would die for that you know to be able to have uh, their kids uh, in bed by seven and to sleep by 7 <laughs> 30. Uh, it's been a massive massive lifesaver <laughs> uh, yeah I'm sure it has <laughs> so I'm I'm curious how do you fit in writing around all of that um well I, I tend to write in the evening um because if I work on a book I like to write in chapters so I really want to sit down write down the chapter number and then write the story and um run out of inspiration by the end of the chapter um and obviously if I do it in the daytime it's harder because you have to fit it around little snippets sort of thing so I do that in the evening um and and because they're in bed so early it works um and I I now do a little bit in a day like little reviews or something 
which helps. Yeah. Um, one of the, I mean, one of the things I wanted to ask you about that as well is, oh, are you all right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, very often, if I'm sitting, you know, um, waiting for something, or I'm sitting in a, not that you do much sitting around in doctor's surgery <laughs> these days, because you're not allowed through the door, but let's pretend that life is normal, and you're yeah. sat around in a doctor's surgery, or you're sat in the car waiting for a kid to come out from a lesson, do you write on your phone? Do you use the notes app and note things down and then copy and paste? Um, I actually lug my um, laptop around if I know I'm going to be stuck in a car. So like one of my yeah. daughters goes to a class called Circus Skills, which is um, pretty hilarious. She does all sorts of juggling and um, tightrope and whatnot. Um, but it's more than an hour lesson. So I just sit in the car with a snack and a drink and my laptop. And I have an hour to write whatever I want. Um, one of my daughters has another class in town and I tend to sit in my car um, and I might use it for um, reading, review books or um, or plotting things or writing things. But I tend to use my laptop. I bring my laptop along and I just make myself really, really comfortable in my car. Um, I'm hoping for cafes and things to open soon so I can actually sit in the warmth and have a hot coffee and a place to write. <laughs> I'm going to make you jealous now. Our cafes have been open for a while. Oh, that is, that is hard. <laughs> I know. I've actually been in a real coffee shop, even though I have to drink decaf, but that's another story. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. You can use time like that. And sitting in a coffee shop and having a coffee at times like that can help your writing to move forward. And I mean, you amaze me because you managed to write so many books. You're, I mean, you must be an extremely fast typist is all I can say. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I tend to do like an evening chapter. Um, and if it's if they're long chapters, they could be like 3,000 words. So, you know, once the kids are in bed and I get myself, you know, sorted out um, and I write the chapter, I, I get rid of all the little red lines in there and print it off because um, I like to have it on paper so I can see what I've done. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I do a chapter in the evening if I, if I have to. Um, and, and I think that just sort of helps. And I do quite, you know, write quite fast. I think it helps because, you know, during the day you can think about what you're going to do in the evening. And, you know, I mean, even with the kids, you get ideas or looking around. So by the time I sit down for a chapter, I have a sort of vague idea about what could possibly happen to my poor character. Um, and I don't know, I've always been like that, even in school, you know, you sort of write down the title of your thing and you just write. You know, I don't sit there staring at a blank page thinking, what shall I write now? Um, yeah, there's no, um, I don't know, I don't do sort of writer's block that way. <laughs> you know, you sit down, I type the chapter number and and we're off. Yeah. Um, and by the time I run out of steam, I'm like, oh, I've got 3,000 words. Well, that will do that then. Excellent. <laughs> I, I think it's great because you're certainly managing to pack a lot into your day. I'm just wondering when you see your husband because he doesn't seem to feature much in any of this. <laughs> I know. Well, it's quite handy because because he's a pastor. He um he works from home mostly. All right. Um, okay. And so he's home. So if I need to take one of the kids out, um, he's home with the other ones. Right. Um, yeah. Probably spending their life scrolling, but I don't mind because I'm not there to hear all the fights and the shrieks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my car holding a coffee cup. And <laughs> um, no. I'm loving it. So what would be your top three tips for anyone who's in a, listening to this and they're in a similar situation? Um, probably my thing would be to to snatch your moments. Um, 
you know, I know a lot of children go to bed maybe much later or need a lot more in the evenings or you're sort of too past that. I know the first year that the kids came home, um, there was nothing I could do in the evenings. You know, I mean, they were in bed by six at that time. And by half past six, I was ready for bed too. You know, I was just completely past it. Um, but, you know, you snatch your moments. And, and you know, we often involve our kids in, in storytelling and, and reading or you know, we all look at a book. So they know that I'm looking at a book and they're looking at a book and we share our stories. So, you know, you can snatch your moments um, and make the most of it. And I think plan it out. You know, if you know you're going to do it, I think that helps because, you know, once you sort of sink down on the sofa, once the kids are in bed, you don't want to move anymore. You certainly don't want to start up a laptop, start thinking about somebody else's problems. Yeah. Um, you know, you just want want to crash and have chocolate and <laughs> something to wash <laughs> you down with. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you know that, you know, from quarter past eight till nine o'clock, you're going to work on a story, then then it's there. It's it's in your head and you're prepared for it. And you have in a way you have the energy for it because yeah. it's just something on your list. Whereas if it just happens on you, you're like, I really can't move. So I think that's my main thing is like plan it, you know, whether you plan it in the day, whether you plan it in the evening, you know, even if it's like 20 minutes plotting a story or or you know, doing like flash fiction or a poem or something, you know, even if it's 10 minutes, you say, right, at that time, I'm going to sit down with a hot coffee and I'm going to do it. And I put a DVD on for the kids and, and you know, keep them entertained yeah. or I tell them. It's like, you know, you're going to do your book. I'm going to do my book. Um, as long as I'm holding my coffee cup, I'm not there. And and I mean, it works. I think it helps. Yeah. No, that is, uh, that is, they're really good tips uh, because, I mean, I, can barely get my act together and I live in a house on my own <laughs> so I mean oh that you can do it I'm telling you so I, I mean how do you go about managing your time you must be extremely good at time management is all I can say <laughs> um I'm not sure I mean I like work doing things fast um and I mean yeah you know it could probably be better but um but yeah, like I said, you know, my writing doesn't really take up a massive amount of time. I mean, I can make it take up a lot of time. It's not a problem, um, but it doesn't. It's just really a couple of hours in the evening. And, you know, when I'm sat in a car waiting for a class to finish. So, um, you know, it's not sort of my, like, you know, I, I write from nine till 12 in the morning because I'm not, I'm, I'm walking around like a headless chicken that time. So you know, yeah. it's like helping kids with various lessons and and doing things. And I think, you know, as, as a homeschool family, a lot of stuff is done together. So I'm not doing like six science lessons. You know, we're doing one science lesson and everyone's doing it. Or we have one history lesson and everyone's doing it. So, you know, that that frees up time. Um, but, yeah, mine is mainly in the evening and you just have to have to make that time, really. Yeah. No, again, as I say, I'm I'm amazed that you can actually manage your time as well. I just I don't know what I'd do if I had one kid in the house. Never mind four. <laughs> your kids are delightful. So, <laughs> well, I always think it's easy with four because they play together and they they do stuff together and they entertain each other. Whereas if you have one, then you have to be your child's sole entertainer, really. And that, that's yeah, that's hard. true. Yes, yeah. So I'm, I'm really curious, do you involve your children in your writing? And if you do, how do you do it? I do. I mean, I mean, they're, they're curious aren't they? and they, they want to copy us. Um, not always, not in the good thing, sadly, but, you know, definitely in writing, they do want to copy us. Um, so we, when, we, when it's NaNoWriMo in November, um, we all sign up for it. You know, I write yeah. my 50,000 words and they just pick a random number. 
Um, and the younger ones, I tend to type for them. Otherwise, it's, it's so soul-destroying because <laughs> their speed of typing or writing is so ridiculously slow, it would never get their words out. So I type for them. And I just love it because it's just storytelling. So we do a lot of storytelling. We have um, like story cubes or story. We have like a puzzle thing where you you connect the puzzle pieces together and they yeah. and, and they can do it in whatever order they want. And then they tell the story and they think it's hilarious. Um, so today they had like a short story about a cloud dream. So they have like special books. They draw the picture and then they write like a short thing. So it just sets them going. And then... I often film them telling the rest of the story and they think it's really, really funny because they like to be famous. So they like going on film. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so that one works. Um, so we do that together. We do NaNoWriMo together. Um, and, you know, sometimes, um, yeah, it's just sharing stories together, um, which is really nice. And it, it gets them to see um, how books are made, how stories work, you know, that you need to have a, a plot in a way. You need to have funny characters. Um, and they really like it. And we often print out, you can print out, um, it's like cartoon sheets, like like empty blocks. So you can just draw your own cartoon in there. And they okay. love doing that, where you, you just draw your picture stories in a way. Yeah. Um, and again, it's just to sort of help them to, you know, make a plot line in a way. And, and they really like doing that. And they're quite happy doing that whilst I then type my thing. And then we compare notes at the end, which is really yeah. fun. Can I ask something? And this is only because I have to transcribe this. Are you saying cartoons? Yes, cartoons. All right, sorry. I, I'm a bit so, more Jeff and I couldn't pick up what you were saying. Uh -huh. so, sure, yeah. And I have to transcribe this, so I need to get yeah. it right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sorry. <laughs> no worries at all. It's me, not you. Uh, but I think, you know, I, I think that's great that you're encouraging their love of writing. And, I mean, cartoons and that leads to, you know, um, other things as well. You know, it's helping their imagination so much different ways, you know. It and is. And I think, you know, I, once you see a picture, it's it's quite easy in a way to then imagine a whole story around that picture. Yes. And that's what they like with the sort of, you know, they draw their own picture and it, and they just sit there telling us about the story around the picture and it just really helps them to see you know it has the, the next picture then has to make sense it has to be part of the story and it needs to be going somewhere and that's been a really good help for them that it's not like you don't end up with six completely disconnected pictures it has to link up and it has to build up to something yeah um so that's you know yeah and they, they just love it it just comes really natural to them then really mm -hmm. now i mean I know you're a prolific author. We've already said this, and it's great. You know, you've got several books out already. You say you've only been writing two, uh, two years. Tell us about your books. Uh, well, the first one was Sapphire Beach, um, which really deals with the aftermath of domestic violence. And again, it was at the time when I just realised that, you know what, I could write in, in the evening. I could just sit down and, and tell a story to deal with things and problems or issues that I, I was thinking about. So... Uh, we had friends who, you know, had come out that they had been living with domestic violence for more than twenty years, and um, that was such a shock that that could happen within the church. And um, and then you find out there's, you know, a lot of Christians that have been living with that. So you look at domestic violence, and it sort of, you know, it, it goes around your head a bit, and it can really drag you down. So I wrote this story about the aftermath of of 
domestic violence. Um, and I was set in Crete because I love Crete. Um, we've been on holiday a couple of times and it's just such an amazing place with yeah. really nice food and lovely water. So I was like, that's just the perfect setting for a story. Um, and, you know, there has to be a bit of crime and, and excitement in there. So I put that in. And it was just a really nice way to, to do that. And then I learned about world building. I was like, oh, world building sounds nice. You know, you make up your own world and all its things and people and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so I was planning this world. And I was like, oh, I could do a story of set in this world. So it's called World City. Um, and then I really, and the city is called Elabi. And I really liked Elabi. I was like, oh, I could do another story about one of the other characters also set in Elabi. Yeah. Um, so that's Beyond the Hills, which is about to come out. Um, and then we travel on the ferry a lot. So I was like, I wonder what happened if you like wake up on the ferry and it wasn't actually the place where you expected it to be. So I was like, what What if there were some Vikings on the ferry carrying <laughs> you up? <laughs> well, you never know. You know, it could happen. So and then I was like, it started as like a short story. And I was like, I can't leave the poor girl sitting on the beach with a bunch of Vikings. That would just be too awful. I'm sure she wants to get back to her own time. Um, so it sort of turned into a novella where she where she did get back. Um, so, yeah, so that's why there's there's four books. And I'm, I love the Viking Age. And I'm plotting another time-traveling Viking one. But it's someone who's purposely going to travel into the Viking Age. She's found a crack in, in the world Ooh. where she can travel down. Um, so I'm, I'm doing a lot of research now on, on Viking age because she's going to stay with them a couple of years. Um, but she's going to be 18 and full of, you know, a bit naive and, you know, thinking life's going to be amazing with these Vikings and she's going to get a bit disappointed, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good to me, I have to say. <laughs> so, um, my very final question is always, um, where can my listeners find out more about you and your books? The best place is probably my website, which is um, vigariushome.com. Um, but my books, you know, any bookshop around the world, they're, um, they're available everywhere. You can order them. And obviously the Amazon does it. Um, but, yeah, my website also sells the books and you can find out what I'm up to and doing. Excellent. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you. Thank you very much for joining me today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed this. I've had it. a great time. And even I know how to write in the midst of my chaos. And my chaos yes. is caused by myself. <laughs> so I'm going to be taking some of these tips on board. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And I look forward to your next book coming out. Oh, thank you. That brings us to the end of another show. It was really good to have you on the show with me today. I'm Wendy H. Jones and you can find me at wendyhjones.com. You can also find me on Patreon where you can support me for th uh, as little as $3 a month, which is less than the price of a tea or coffee. You go to patreon.com forward slash Jones. I'm also Wendy H. Jones on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Pinterest. Thank you for joining me today and I hope you found it both useful and interesting. Join me next week when I will have another cracking guest for you. Until then, have a good week and keep writing, keep reading and keep learning.